How can we share the love of Jesus, the word of God with children around the world? And in what ways do we do that? Lead a child, leadachild.org, does that every day around the world. And we're going to find out more about that today with the executive director, the new executive director of Lead a Child. And here's some stories from the field of what's happening as they share the good news of Jesus in a variety of settings around the world. Thanks to our underwriter, Concordia University, Wisconsin, for supporting faith and family. You can find out more about them in the sponsor section on kfuo.org. Look for the Concordia University, Wisconsin logo there in the sponsor section. Joining me by phone this morning, Dr. Phil Frustes, the new executive director of Lead a Child. Dr. Phil, welcome to Faith and Family. Well, it's great to be here, and thank you for the opportunity to share our mission with you and all your listeners. My pleasure. Glad to have you with us today, and uh, congratulations on your new appointment as Executive Director for Lead a Child. Tell us a little bit about your background, where you come from, and then we'll talk a little bit more about uh, your work with Lead a Child. Well, certainly. I've been in education, Lutheran education, for over 34 years, about 34 years now, and involved in mission work with LCMS for many years, too. And so when this role came along, it was just a good mix between education and missions as well. And what drew you to this work of Lead a Child? Well, over these last four years, especially with some of the mission projects overseas, I've been working with a church in a school down in Golan, Guatemala, Pastor Luis Jacinto's church down there. And I've been doing teacher training in evangelism and outreach and professional development and educational practices. And so this is such an important part of what goes on with our missions overseas because the gospel is reaching so many different children through our Lutheran schools. And so as I worked with them these past four years, I realized that working with Lead a Child opened some doors up in all the countries we work so that the gospel is being shared so clearly in our Lutheran schools and opens up the door for so many to hear it as well. What... uh... How do you share this this gospel of Jesus? Tell me about this approach that Lead a Child is, has taken to bring this gospel of Jesus to children around the world. Well, in so many places we work, we have wonderful pastors and churches to work with. We try to work with all the national Lutheran churches um, in the countries where we work. Sometimes it's very possible, sometimes it's always a challenge, but it really happens at the ground level when children are coming to school. So we provide scholarships to get children into the schools. But then as they're there, they need to hear the gospel message. And so the teachers and the pastors and the leaders there need to have a clear understanding, a clear way to simply present the gospel message to them. Or as it says in Romans chapter 10, how will they believe unless they hear the word of God? And so something so dear to me is to make sure that the teachers and the pastors and the leaders in these school settings know simply how to say the gospel message. And for some of them, they also need to hear the message as well to make sure they have a good understanding of the the gospel message of Christ. And so what do these schools look like around the world? Give me some examples of of where Lead a Child has has grown schools and brings this good news of Jesus. This whole um, effort, starting almost 50 years ago, in fact, we're having our 50th anniversary next year, starting, first of all, as CCCS, now called Lead a Child, began down in Guatemala with uh, Edie and Jim Jorns working with a, the people down in Zacapa, Guatemala, helping people first in an orphanage to get into a school, but also to provide support there. 
and the ministry has really grown. And so we have a lot of traditional school sites that have Lutheran schools. Then we also have after-school programs where it's not um, a reality to have a Lutheran school. Some people work with their Sunday school programs or vacation Bible schools. So anything that would be Christian education is where we try to work to get children into those sites and also to hear the gospel message. And I understand you've had an opportunity to uh, to travel and see some of this work firsthand. Sure. And so I just started in January. I had my first trip down to Haiti to see the sites that we work with there. And then in the fall, I'll be going down to Latin America to see our sites both in Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, and Panama. And it's, it's the first thing that really stands out to me. It's quite a quite a joy to walk into these sites because... I'm coming on the tail end of things, or as Paul wrote in Corinthians, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God is making it grow. It's fun to walk into these sites, children who are running up to you because they know about Lead a Child, and they know about the Lutheran ministry that's happening, and to see the joy in their faces, and to see the work continuing and flourishing. And so if you ever had that opportunity to walk into a site where people are excited because they see um, the past and also the future as you walk into the door as well. And that's, that was a great joy. Another great joy for me, along with seeing the work and the growth of the work, is also the relationships that are developing this way, too. And probably that's the most profound thing to me. I was talking to Pastor Otto. He's a pastor of St. Matthew over in East Summit, Missouri. He and his church have a partnership. We do some partnerships with local um, congregations that we work with. And so he and his church have a partnership with a church in St. Mark, Haiti. And when he was down there on a recent trip, the folks there, the leadership, asked if they would be able to purchase a, a car for them. And while um, Pastor Otto and his group talked about that, they said, sure, we can we can buy you a car, but that would take up all of our budget for our, our mission, and so we would not be able to visit you next year. We can buy you the car, but we can't come and visit you. And so at the end of the meeting, the pastor stood up and said back to Pastor Otto and his friends, we changed our mind. We no longer want a car. We'd rather have you come to spend time with us because that's most important to us. And so that relationships that we developed first in this fellowship we have in Christ, but more importantly, the relationship we see we have with Christ all comes to a greater reality when you realize it is about relationship. It's about a God who loves us, and a, a, a sin that separated us, but a Christ who has broken down the chains that have um, separated us from Christ and from His from His wonderful gospel, and to see the work of the Holy Spirit putting faith in our hearts so that we're reconnected back to God, so we can call Him Father. But then seeing that happen in the lives of children and and with these leaders that we work with as well. When you visited Haiti, tell me about uh, the people you met while you were uh, visiting in Haiti. You see two different things, especially Haiti, because Haiti is such a unique place in the Caribbean area. You see the the challenges of the socioeconomic realities of Haiti and, the, and, and what it's like thereafter, earthquakes and so many different things that happened over the past um, several years. But then at the same time, you see this incredible joy in the lives of people and children because while they live in that condition, they, they know their Savior, and they know the hope they have in Him that is far greater than the challenges they have, too. And so from site to site, you see these things. 
um, poverty and challenges and the struggles that are there because they're very real, something that we just really don't even grasp, even see in the face-to-face, but at the same time even seeing a greater joy in the lives of people because they have such great hope. That's the that dual thing you see going on. That's quite incredible to me. Were, were there any individuals that um, that really stood out? I think a couple things you see. You see, um, first of all, the pastors who are committed, mm-hmm. because there's very little money coming in from any kind of offerings on which they live, but they're, they're, they're committed, and they're, they're there to make sure they serve their people, and that's, that, that commitment is incredible. My focus has been education, and so again, these teachers who are working for just a few dollars a month um, are such a, uh, um, committed individuals to make sure that children are receiving good education and um, providing the kind of education, both the temporal blessings and the eternal blessings that come from it as well. Were you able to see a, uh, a school day in one of the schools there in Haiti? When we were there, we spent we were there during Holy Week, and so it was kind of a break time, mm-hmm. which was good for me because I wanted to spend time with teachers, and so I spent time with the teachers at four different sites to do some training with them, first of all, on how to share the gospel, but then setting the stage up to develop our relationships with them and also to move it forward so we can provide a good, solid Christian education along with um, the gospel message, too. And so that was my time there. But children are all around the place, and they come up to you, and that's just a great joy to spend that time with them as well. When you were visiting, did you find a, uh, a challenge or a language barrier? It's always there. Um, we have such good translators that work with us, too. And so you always have the, the, the challenge. I speak about two words in Spanish and maybe English partway well. <laughs> so, but you have um, people who know English, and they help you with that, too. And it's, but what's funny, though, that relationship you have with Christ and the fellowship you have often supersedes the language barrier, that while you struggle to communicate the Holy Spirit is working in ways that are quite incredible because while you try to communicate, God works to help us um, share the good news that way as well. And you you mentioned you visited Haiti and your uh, future travels. Where are you headed next? My next trip will be down to Guatemala and that area. That's where this whole ministry began, and a majority of our work is in that Latin American area and then on to Honduras and Nicaragua and Panama to see our school sites there and to meet our leaders. And, and then from that point, I will be working with our, our contact person down in Guatemala, Murray, and she is going to help me begin to plan our next symposium so we can provide teacher education for the teachers down in that region. We'll probably have that symposium in the spring of 2018. So I'm looking forward to having kind of a professional time with the teachers there to help them improve their skills and to learn again how to really share the gospel message with children to, the, to where they serve. And Lead a Child organizes and, and, and operates schools all around the world. We, we've talked just about, uh, you know, the Caribbean and Latin America. Right. Where, where would we find schools that are, are uh, organized or, or led by Lead a Child? We're kind of in five different regions. We have Guatemala, which is the hub where it started. Then you have the Caribbean and Haiti, and also some sites in South America. And then our next site is Africa, especially the western part of Africa, Ghana, Togo, Liberia, through those regions where we serve a lot of children there. 
And the newer sections are really in Asia, where we're developing places in India, Bangladesh, Myanmar, and those areas too. So we're in over, we're in 29 countries now and serving you know, around 25,000 students in some traditional schools, some after-school programs, some summer programs, um, so that we can do our best to connect with children that way. You mentioned earlier when visiting Haiti and, and the, you know, caring for the church workers, salaries or compensation for the, the pastors as well as the, the school teachers is, is very minimal. There isn't a huge um, offering that, that's, that's coming in from those who, uh, who attend. How then, right. how then do these schools operate? How, how are these schools funded? Each country is a little different because the socioeconomic process and, and the culture is different too. So like in Guatemala, it's a combination where because there is a little more of a middle class, not compared to the U.S., but a middle class down there, the parents do pay some of tuition. There are um, offerings that come in from the church to support it. And then the support that we might send too, we don't ever try to provide all the support for a place. We give a portion of the support just so that they learn the process of becoming not dependent on us, but go through a process of learning ways that they can develop their own ministry. So we really want to be a support system versus a system that runs the whole program that way, too. And you go to Africa, where things are even even more challenging. Sometimes parents' tuition might be a few eggs or a chicken or some food or some corn that they may participate in, plus the money that we can provide, plus what comes in the church. And so from country to country is different, um, but the salaries are low. They do not make a lot of money, but that's where it's just amazing to see the commitment that's still there despite the challenges that are there from the economic system. You've mentioned the teachers uh, a couple of times. Tell me about who the teachers are and and where they come from, why... um, how the teachers are, are chosen? Who, how are these teachers raised up? Some of the teachers come right from the churches that belong there. Some are from the community. And the training that they have is very limited because you know, the university systems may or may not be in place for them to provide that. In many places, you might have teachers that have pretty much a high school background plus a few extra classes. And so when they finish a high school level, they're almost qualified to be a teacher. And that's why it's so vital for us in these sites and so important to me that as we work with these sites that we can get people from our U.S. Um, schools and ministries to go over to visit these sites to provide some good teacher ed- education and training. First, in how to share the gospel, but then in basic things in education, like how to write a lesson plan or, or to do assessment or to work with students with different abilities. This is a, a valuable thing that we can offer here in the States. In fact, that's one thing I'm going to be working on developing in the next couple of years is teams of educators. We have so many educators in our Lutheran church and schools that are retiring now, but have a lot of energy and a great passion and for mission in this work. And so I'm looking for educators who want to become part of teams that travel to these countries to provide this kind of training because it's such an invaluable thing to offer to them as well. Why is it important to raise up teachers from within the congregation or within the within the local congregation or the, the community? It's got multiple um, focuses. One, it's a blessing to the congregation. It really helps the, the community because as we develop leaders there, it has an impact both in the church and on the school and those families, but also in the community too because 
it's the same with here in the States when you have strong schools in certain areas, it has a strong impact. Uh, a couple of things that happened over the years in Guatemala, for example, Pastor Luis Jacinto that I've been working with down in Guilan, he came from one of the, an orphanage in Zacapa, went to the leaders, had a leadist child scholarship, grew up and now is a pastor and a leader in the Guatemalan Muslim church. And so that has a profound impact in the church and in the community and and with those schools for the longevity of those schools, too. So it really becomes a leadership um, reality when we can get them involved that way. What's coming, what lies ahead for Lead a Child in the next few months or throughout the, the year ahead? Well, we have some fun events coming up. In June, we have our Bike Across Nebraska. David Saving, who you may have talked with before, our mm-hmm. former director, has been doing a lot of biking and raising support for Lead a Child. And so he and a few friends are going to be biking across Nebraska in June. And then in July, since I'm not a biker, it's just not safe for me to get on a bike. Um, I do um, 5K runs, and there's also a 5K run walk that we're going to be involved in up in Frankenmuth on the 4th of July. It's called the Volksloff. And so a few friends and I are going to participate in that. And um, through that process, people can go right to our website, which is www.leadachild.org, and click on the icons, both for the biking and the running, and support me or one of the runners or David and one of the bikers as they raise support for this ministry that way, too. So those are a couple of events coming up in June and July. Next year, um, one thing I'm really working on is to get as many schools as possible to get involved in um, gathering and offering from their chapel offerings for a month or longer. Um, what we're doing is I have some ladies down in Guatemala making these really cool handmade coin purses, and schools that sign up are going to send those coin purses, to one for each of the children in the school, to collect an offering and, and then bring that for a special offering for Lead a Child that way, too. So I've got several schools lined up. We're trying to get as many as possible because that becomes a great way to connect schools to schools from national to international as well. A big event happening next spring is our 50th anniversary, and so we want to get that word out that we're going to have a big celebration of how God has blessed us in these past years and looking forward to how they'll bless us in the years to come as well. I want to go back to the uh, the school-to-school approach and uh, students here in the U.S. As an educator, how do you see that valuable for the students in the U.S.? What what kind of difference do you think that, that makes for a student here um, in helping them understand uh, students around the world? Well, I see our Lutheran schools as of course, providing a good, strong education and making sure that we share the gospel. But the discipleship process also includes helping us, our children, realize that they are part of the whole mission. But there's one church on this earth, and they're part of that church to help that church grow. And so when they are connected through different chapels and videos and messages about what's going on with other schools around the world, they can realize that that's part of their mission, too, and realize that this is a, a uh, part of our calling in this world to to be connected by how we share the gospel with people both close by and in schools around the world. And from child to child and student to student, it becomes very real to realize that the Lutheran schools in Guatemala and in Liberia and Uganda, that these children too are learning how to read and write, but also learning about Jesus as their Savior. 
And that just opens the door for them to realize how they can be involved in ministry for the rest of their lives as God leads and directs them as well. Are there are there resources that, that teachers, educators can uh, can access and use in the classroom, whether it be in a, in a Lutheran school or maybe a Sunday school setting to help them learn about uh, these schools and the work of Lead a Child around the world? Yes, certainly. On our website, there are several video resources to use that you can use right in your chapel times or in your classrooms, too. There's also some chapel resources there. And then over the summer here, between now and as we start our big chapel push for 2017-18, we're going to be putting um, additional resources, videos, and different activities that children can use, and also some different written chapels that they can use in their schools to um, teach about the ministry, to teach about Lutheran schools and ways to get involved and how to support that as well. And I, at one time, I learned a, about an kind of an in, immersive experience. I think it was 360 Live. Is that still available? Yeah, we still have that. We've showed that at several different places. It was down at the National um, Youth Gathering um, this past summer, and we've been to different churches. Um, recently, we had it at our gala event here in the Kansas area. We've been over to Wichita, and um, I was over in Sedalia sharing that, too. It's a, a neat system. Um, that you walk in with a headphones and an iPad, and you walk through a 360-live visual presentation of the things that are going on in our different countries that way, too. And so as we learn how to best use these, this uh, presentation, we're going to adopt it a little bit so it's a little easier for us to get from place to place, but it's a, a neat way to get a visual 360-live presentation of, of what's happening in the ministry. So very good. Live, uh, 360 Live is this immersive experience that, that can, um, it's, it's a portable exhibit that can be set up in, in various locations and get to walk through and see, explore, really, a life of what a child is in, in a different culture. That's right, and, and um, gives a, a great focus of why we have this mission, and that's, again, to share the love of Jesus with children around the world through Christian education. Outstanding. Well, I hope that uh, that your travels that lie ahead are uh, are pleasant and safe, and uh, God's blessings on your work as you and others uh, work together to bring this good news of Jesus to children around the world. A quick recap of the upcoming uh, events to help support Lead a Child. We have uh, a couple of uh, a, a, what a bike event and yep. a, a, a as well as a running event. Right, it's the bike across Nebraska. David Saving and his crew are doing that in June, and then I'll be involved in the Volksloff, a 5K run walk up in Frankenmuth in July. And you can go right to the website and click on the icons and support one of the walkers or runners who are involved with that as well. Very good. My guest today, Dr. Phil Frusti, Executive Director of Lead a Child. Leadachild.org is the website. You can find more information there, find the resources, great things to help you out in the classroom, help you uh, at, or at home as well, help you and your family learn more about these schools and the ways that we can bring the good news of Jesus to children around the world. Phil, it's been a pleasure talking with you today, and uh, God's blessings on your new work with Lead a Child. 
Thank you. God's blessings to you as well. Coming up in just a little bit, we'll revisit our conversation with the Reverend Dale and uh, Suzanne Castor. They serve the Lord in Ghana, West Africa. It's always a joy to get to share the stories of our missionaries around the world as they are serving in West Africa. Stick around for that. And you can find more programs on our website, kfuo.org. You can visit our archives there and uh, catch the, uh, the archive of today's program as well later on today. You're listening to the Messenger of Good News Worldwide, KFUO. KFUO.